0: are locked on lions your daily detroit lions podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day All right, let's do it let's lock and load another edition of locked on lions right here on the locked on podcast network matt Derry with you on a monday we played it on december 4th and a tuesday december 5th a very angry mob of lions fans for sure after yesterday's 44 to 20 spanking at the hands of the baltimore ravens we'll get into it Dissect more of what went on yesterday. Talk about this Jim Caldwell situation. And again today, Caldwell taking the blame, taking the bullets for the nine men on the field, for the uh, the team not being prepared in the first quarter. Caldwell says, it's on me. I've got to do better. Blame me. Blah, blah, blah. Matt Derry with you. Another edition of Lockdown Lions right here on megaphone.fm. And if you're listening on iTunes, thank you for doing so. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you want. Put your Twitter handle uh, at the end of that review. And after each week, the folks here at the Lockdown Podcast Network send out one lucky winner who has put their uh, Twitter handle on their review, a uh, one-year subscription, Pro Football Focus, PFF. We love the folks at profootballfocus.com. Some of their rankings and some of their observations in a little bit as well right here today. Unlocked on Lions. But again, we welcome you to the program. If you're listening on the Amazon Alexa, on Spotify, tune in. Thank you for doing that. The tweets have been coming in all day at dairy Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks. And even after the game yesterday, as the Lions have dropped to 6-6. Six and six, Also the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page comments. I'll read some of those as well. A lot to do on the show today. No guests. I, I, I have a few things that I want to get to, including a safety precaution possibly with your quarterback, Matthew Stafford. But i got to start with Jim Caldwell. If you recall, back on September the 23rd, betting third, it was a Saturday morning, and um, Adam Schefter tweeted out that Jim Caldwell had agreed to terms on a multi-year contract extension with the Lions, and had done so, Caldwell had, and the Lions had, months ago, was the report from Adam Schefter, Caldwell and the Lions agreed to terms on a multi-year contract extension months ago, but it was only disclosed on September 23rd when the Lions were 2-0 and and getting ready to um, take on the Falcons that coming week. And, of course, that was the game where the Lions got robbed and the Golden Tate play, and everybody said, well, the Lions are really 3-0, and whatever. Regardless, the Lions were feeling good about themselves at the time, and the Caldwell extension was agreed, agreed to, I, I don't know, spring, summer? Of uh, of this past year, and now the Lions are underachieving at six and six. They look disheveled, disorganized, and a mess at the start of games. It's now four consecutive games where the Lions have come out. They trailed the Browns ten nothing. They trailed the Vikings fourteen nothing. They trailed the Bears ten nothing or thirteen nothing. And then this past weekend, they trailed the Ravens twenty to nothing. So it's been an unmitigated disaster at the start of games, and it's on Caldwell. And here's the thing. Do I think Jim Caldwell should coach this team next year? No, of course not. It's time to make a change because this team is probably not going to make the playoffs, even if they go on a run and win their last four games. Uh, They're not going to make the playoffs. The NFC all of a sudden has gotten much better than we thought it was going to be. And it's going to take a lot for this team to somehow get in and remember, you guys remember at the time when, when the lion's schedule was very difficult and yours truly was sitting here on locked on lions, your daily lions podcast saying things like, well, you know, they're four and four, but, but look at the schedule, look at that second half schedule. The schedule's a lot easier and the lions should be okay in terms of the schedule and they should take care of these bad teams and, and they should win these games and, you know, they're going to be at home for Thanksgiving. And, you know, the Lions always do well on, on Thanksgiving. Uh, and here they've done, you know, since that 4-4 four and four, after beating the Packers, um, to get to 4-4. Four and four, They squeaked by the Browns. They squeaked by a bad Chicago Bears team and got a lot of breaks in that game. And, hey, it was a road win. But regardless, the Bears are brutal. The Bears lost at home yesterday to San Francisco, the 49ers. Then on Thanksgiving Day, the Vikings, of course, took him behind the woodshed. And then yesterday in Baltimore, as Jim Caldwell said today, horrendous when they only had nine defenders on the field for a critical third down pass to Chris Moore that, that basically iced the game for the for the uh, the Ravens, forty four to twenty yesterday. And now you look up and you say, well, should the Lions go to Tampa Bay and beat the Bucs? Yeah, of course. Should the Lions knock off the Chicago Bears? On that Saturday afternoon game? Sure. What about going into Cincinnati and beating the Bengals? Well, we can watch the Bengals tonight on Monday Night Football, but they're no good. And then home against the Packers, but uh-oh, guess who's lurking? Guess what's looming around the bend? A return of Aaron Rodgers, possibly for the last three games, coming back from the broken collarbone. So if Aaron Rodgers plays, the Lions ain't beating them. So even if they were to somehow go 9-7, and seven, they're not getting in. And they're showing no improvement from last year. But here's where I want to go with this very, very early on in the show. And I'll continue with it. And I'll hammer it home. I don't believe Martha Firestone Ford and her daughters, who own the team, Rod Wood, team president, who I don't think has any real say in football, but whatever, and Bob the Maestro Quinn, I don't believe they're going to fire this coach. I don't think so. I think they look up and say, we're rebuilding, we're we're, we're building toward the future, it's a young team, our expectations weren't that high, the the players love him, the locker room's clean, the ownership loves him, he's organized to an extent. I don't think that the Lions are going to pull the trigger on this, because they just gave him a multi-year contract extension over the summer. What were their expectations? And I'm not talking about your expectations because as fans you should expect better. Last year was nine and seven making the playoffs and the and getting to the first round of the playoffs and losing. This year should have been, eh, let's take the next step. Ten and six, eleven and five. Let's win the division. Even with Aaron Rodgers, a AA Aaron, healthy, that Packard team is not some world beater. The Vikings we didn't think would be this good, and boy, what an impressive victory yesterday for Minnesota. To hold the Falcons to nine points and to win their what, eighth in a row. That's impressive. They're 10-2 and two and they're running away with this division. And you know what the Vikings do that the Lions don't do? The Vikings block up front on offense and they gash you up front on defense. They win at the line of scrimmage. The Vikings O-line and D-line are both dominant right now. And of course the Minnesota Vikings uh, offensive line staff and their and their offensive line coach Tony Sperano they've taken Riley Reef and they've molded him into a very very serviceable and above average left tackle. Here in Detroit the Lions Ron Prince and other offensive line coaches at Riley Reef has dealt with uh, Jeremiah Washburn and whomever else they couldn't do diddly poo uh, as Jim Mora would say uh, with Riley Reef. But they've been coached they've coached him up in Minnesota. That's because Mike Zimmer is superior to Jim Caldwell, and that staff is superior to the Lions staff, which is still running Theo Riddick on third and one out of the pistol. It's an embarrassment. The Vikings, they seem to have 11 men on the field at all times. Lions, not 10 guys here, nine guys there. And Caldwell said it best today, called it horrendous. And he's right, and he should go, but he's not going anywhere. I'm not buying this stuff. Your thoughts, at Derry Speaks on Twitter, D-E-R-Y Speaks, Twitter, and also the Matt Derry Facebook fan page, the comment section. I'll read some of those coming up momentarily. If you're looking to advertise and you want to reach men 25 to 54, our, our Locked on Lions podcast here, uh, the, the listenership is about 97% men. If you want to join in with the likes of Tim Lenhardt and the folks at Lenhardt Financial Services, Jason Strat at REMAX Suburban, Freddie Bello at Freddie's Pizza in Melvindale, Give me an email. Shoot me an email at dairyspeaks at gmail.com. If you want to come on board with us for live reads, fun, and reach that male audience, please email me to advertise right here on Lockdown Lions at DerrySpeaks at gmail.com. All right, so regardless of the situation with Jim Caldwell and the fans, and I know the Mike Valenis of the world and all these people calling for Caldwell to get fired, I, I agree. I think the Lions do need to have let let. Bob Quinn bringing his own guy. I think Caldwell has exhausted everything that he's exhausted here. Uh, yesterday's nine men on the field failing to throw the challenge flag. The team looking ill-prepared the, the last four weeks uh, is, is, is definitely a uh, uh, cause for concern and at the point where, you know, th- th- this, this team needs to change. But I don't see it happening. Again, what were the expectations of this football team? What are Bob Quinn's expectations? Did he expect, like many people, that this would be about a 7-9 or 8-8 eight and eight football team based on the roster that they had? Based on the fact that there are a lot of young players on this team? Based on the fact that they still have not really replaced Ndamukong Suh or replaced Calvin Johnson since they've been gone? And that's not Bob Quinn's fault. It's reality. It's the salary cap. It's everything else. And when the Lions were able to draft Stafford, Sue, and Calvin. The rules were different than they are right now. But you look at this roster and you look at Quinn's draft from 2017, which has not been good. His 2016 draft's been pretty good. 2017 draft has not been good. His top two picks do nothing. Jared Davis just takes up space. He overran another play yesterday on that Alex Collins touchdown. Uh, He's played a little better lately, but not good enough. Struggles in pass coverage, struggles with angles. He's a rookie linebacker that looks like a rookie. And unfortunately, the Reuben, Reuben Foster is playing better. Zach Cunningham is playing better. And those are both inside linebackers that the Lions could have drafted at number 21. T's Tabor, the second-round pick, barely plays. Uh, Jalen Reeves-Maben, the fourth-round pick, barely plays. And when he does, he's nowhere near the football. And yet fourth-rounders, fourth-round running backs, and after that, are lighting it up. Look at what Alvin Kamara does with the Saints. The guy's a star. The Lions don't have a running back. They got a bunch of little, you know, pieces of running backs, but they don't have one. And they waited 13 weeks to put Tion Green out there. And all he did yesterday was you know, run for 33 yards and run for a touchdown. It's better than the alternative. Not saying Tion Green is the next uh, Jerome Bettis or Barry Sanders, but think about it. I just don't see the Lions pulling the trigger. If someone said, oh, put a gun to your head, what are the Fords and uh, Quinn going to do? I think they're going to keep Caldwell around. I do. Then why would they have given him that multi-year extension in the summertime? Why wouldn't they have made it a one-year deal? And Jim Caldwell said, I can go year to year. He didn't care. It was the Lions who gave that extension to him this summer and then hid behind it. They didn't even announce it. And if that's because that's what Caldwell wanted, then this is Caldwell's show. He's not going to step down. He's only 62. He'll want to keep coaching. Give me another shot. And if the Fords are running the show, what does that say about Bob Quinn? Deep down, does Bob Quinn think Jim Caldwell is doing a good job at 6-6? and Or does Bob Quinn say, I really like Jim. He's kept the ship afloat. We've had a lot of injuries. Hello, Dinada, Taylor Decker. T.J. Lang's been playing on one leg. Uh, Amir Abdullah didn't play yesterday. Tavon Wilson's out for the year. Ziggy Ansah hasn't been healthy all year. Let's get some healthy bodies in here and let me get a third draft in here and then we'll see what Caldwell can do. I think there's a chance that Quinn and, Mar- and Martha are thinking that way. And if that's the case, that's scary. Because unfortunately, this team can't put 11 men on the field in a, in a critical third down play. This team can't even call out. This team continues to not be able to feature one, just one, a hundred yard rusher one time, sixty four games and counting. Can't run block. And yes, they've had injuries across the offensive line, and there was without their center and their left guard and their right. And Lang went out, and Rick Wagner went out. I get that. It has not worked out, and it's time to make a change. I just don't think they're going to do it. Don't I just don't see it? Now I promised you. Uh, let me let me get to this pro football focus stuff very quickly, and then I want to talk about Matthew Stafford for a second because I think this is very important, uh, especially for the health of Matthew Stafford. But Brett Whitefield does a great job at PFF and uh, is their media coordinator for Detroit and for the Lions. A couple of big things to note. Uh, Winners and losers, according to ProFootballFocus.com, based on their grading of the Lions yesterday, one of the big winners yesterday was Graham Glasgow, who ranked out at an 82.6. His game grade tied for the highest grade for a Lion. uh, And with two games left this week, ranks third among centers in all of the NFL. Didn't allow a single pressure and pass protection and was the most effective Lions offensive lineman in the run game. Also, who graded out very well yesterday was the one and only Eric Ebron, who also had an 82.6 game grade, highest of the season. Um, 26 of his 29 snaps came in the passing game. He still doesn't make a big impact, though. I know everybody's now, oh, Ebron's turning the corner. Give me a break. No, he's not. Michael Roberts also had a pretty good grade. Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones uh, also as well. As far as losers on offense... Corey Robinson, the uh, fill-in left guard, had a, a poor game, 40.2 game grade. Defensively, pro football focus has Sean Robinson with the highest graded Lions defender at a 78.1. Uh, Ziggy Anza non-existent in the pass game, but in the run game he didn't do poorly. Uh, Darius Slay, a poor grade uh, of just 40.8. Quandre Diggs, also a poor grade of 39.1. So those are your winners and your losers from Pro Football Focus and how they grade players out individually. And check them out again at profootballfocus.com. All right, final thing for today here on Locked On Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hold on, let me me do this. I'm all over the place, but I'm going to do this quickly. I want to read some of your Facebook comments um, because there's some angry, angry Lions fans, and I don't blame you. This you this was your shot at the division, and again, it's it's going to go for naught. And you're six and six. Um, David Wojcik says again, this is the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Bounce Caldwell, Austin Prince, and whoever coaches the linebackers. Stafford is going to get killed. Martin Anthony Jr. Same song and dance. Yawn. Lions. Bill Shadowin says it would be nice if they controlled their own destiny. At six and six, uh, six and six, no such luck. It's disappointing because of the start they have this season. Yep, too early to start talking draft. That's from Ray Sherwood. David Shepard. Mediocrity is accepted by this franchise, and it's always started with ownership. I love Jim Caldwell. That's in Martha Ford voice. Brad Migdol. Miggy Miggs. We're all suckers for continuing to watch these clowns. And Michael Marcelone says he's got to go. D's. It's just not working. And this was in response to my text uh, for my uh, post earlier today, where Caldwell said we've been six and six before. And had pulled it out, and he said that the season's not over yet, but but wouldn't it be nice to be nine and three instead, or eight and four instead, or even seven and five instead? To sit here and say this is what we are, this is what we do, we've made runs. Not last year. Last year this team was nine and four. And uh then sputtered to the finish and finished nine and eight if you count the playoff game. Final thing for today here on Locked on Lions, uh, and that is in regards to Matthew Stafford, who has a bruised right hand. Uh, if Matthew Stafford, and and I get it, he started every game, he's got some consecutive start streak going, but if Matthew Stafford's future health is in danger, then he shouldn't play Sunday. Matthew Stafford is getting uh, is getting knocked around like a rag doll. He's become a pin cushion for the opposition. Three more sacks yesterday. Uh, the the poor guy is getting bombarded out there. Uh, whether he's rolling out, whether it's after interceptions, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's not a good sign and it's not a good look for the lions. So if Matthew Stafford's hand is bothering him and Matthew Stafford is, is not hundred percent healthy this Sunday to me, this season's done. Don't play him. The guy's been sacked 39 times this year. Only one quarterback has been sacked more in the entire NFL, and that's Jacoby Brissett, 47 times. He's second in the NFL getting sacked, 39 times in 12 games. That's over three a game. If his hand is bad, don't play him. Don't play him Sunday against Gerald McCoy and the Bucks. Sit him out. And people can go, well, they still, still have a chance. No, they don't. It's, it's a very minimal chance. Be careful with him. He's a commodity that you need healthy and upright next season and in the future. And I'm not saying that this hand injury is going to cause him to retire. But I think the Lions should take a close, close look at just how healthy this guy is. Because they're going to need him. He's the franchise. And I know there's some people hating on him. Oh, you know, Stafford can't win a big game. Stafford, oh, did you see yesterday? drop the snap. The guy completed twenty passes in a row with no running game, and and with backup offensive linemen out there against the Ravens on the road. He wasn't playing against, you know, uh, 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 Lake Orion Township or Lake Orion High or Macomb, Dakota. No offense to those schools. He wasn't playing against Ferndale. That was the Ravens' defense. He completed twenty straight to when they knew he was throwing. They can't run, and they're always losing by 20 and having to come back through the air. So my advice to the Lions is take a long look, long look at how healthy your quarterback is before deciding to let him play this coming Sunday. Hey, by the way, check out Matt Shook on Locked On Pistons. Yes, each and every NBA and NFL team is right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Our guy Matt Shook talks Pistons on Locked On Pistons each week right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, every day to be exact. Give him a follow. Give him a like. Check out Locked On Pistons with Matty Shook. All right, that wraps things up for another edition of Locked On Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your tweets and your Facebook comments always welcome. Please like us on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. Get it each and every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, right here on Locked On Lions.